we're talking about genuine faith. You know, the Bible, the Bible talks about it. You've never met an individual that has ever got in faith and stayed in faith that did not receive what the Word said manifested in their lives. Now, you've probably met a lot of people, or maybe this has happened to you, where maybe you've gotten in faith, but then you let it go, right? And that's okay as long as you learn from that, pick it back up, and lay hold of what God has for you. But we're talking about genuine faith. This burns in my heart because there's so many believers, and I, I can't speak for other denominations or, or anything. I have to speak for where I'm at, the, the, the river that I'm in, so to speak. You know, we, we are called word people. We're those, we're those word people, those word of faith people. Really, every Christian is a word of faith person because that is the word, right? But I'm talking about us. So many think just because they could quote a scripture that they are walking in it or even know it. There's a lot of people that are, that are believers that live like this. They know so many scriptures in their mind, but they never lay hold of much, and on the inside of them, they're, they're discouraged, but we put on a good face at church. When in reality, when you come to church, you're around people of like faith. You should be able to be more real here than anywhere else, right? I mean, when you really think about it, we're all here together in the presence of God who sees every thought and intent of your heart today. He knows right where you're at. He knows if down deep inside you're a little mad at him because some things didn't work out in your life or, or some things that were done. He knows that. You know he's not moved by that. You might have come to church today, maybe with some fear in your life. Uh, you might be sitting here going, you know, I know I've walked in disobedience. Uh, I know I'm doing things in my life that, that don't please the Lord. Do you know he's not moved by any of that? Today, if you'll just be willing to do as you hear the word of God, faith will come and start changing things in your life. God's mercy is so much greater than our disobedience. So rejoice today. Receive that. Be comforted by that. Do you know God believes in you? He believes. I mean, it's so cool. I was sharing this with somebody this weekend. You know, when Peter was walking on the water, remember, remember he saw Jesus out there? And he said, and he said, he said Jesus, if that's you, bid me to come to you. And, you know, we read that story and we just read over it. But isn't that a weird question? I mean, this guy's a fisherman. He's been on the sea his whole life. He knows you don't walk on liquid water. He's probably known people that have died, right, uh, in, in the sea and all this stuff. And the first thing out of his mouth when he sees Jesus was, Jesus, if that's you, bid me to come to you. And we miss the depth of this story because we think this is all about just our belief in Jesus. And boy, it's, there's, some, there's some great principles about that. When, you walk, when you're walking, when you keep your eyes on the Lord, guess what? You're going to walk 
on water. You're going to be out of the boat. Do you know this story is there because every child of God is to live out of the boat? Right? Doesn't it say we live by faith? Right? We walk by faith. And, and we see this principle that when we get our eyes off Jesus or when we get our eyes off the word of God, we, we begin to sink. But boy, if we'll call out to him, he'll lift us right back up, right? So we see some principles. But if you study the, the learning, the learning uh, system, the school system of the region of the Galilee and Israel, you realize that their whole education was birthed on the word of God. And I believe there was like five levels, and I can't remember all the names of them, doesn't matter. But every level, you would start in school, and you would literally, after a certain level, you might have memorized one of the, one of the five books of the law, you know, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Uh, you would have memorized one of them. And at the end of that, at the end of that school year, so to speak, or however it was, the, only the cream of the crop, only the top students would be able to go to the next level. All the others, they would look at them and just go, hey, you know, it's been great having you here. Go back home and go into your father's business. But then, then the top students would stay for the next level. And the same thing would happen in that level. And then the, the top students would stay in the next level. And, and they would go through these levels. By the end of their school, they could quote Genesis through Malachi, word for word. Right? And they, they could quote it. Now what's amazing, what's amazing is at the end of that last year, you would have the cream of the crop students that excelled all through school in the law. So the next step for them was to go to a rabbi. And they would go to a rabbi because they wanted to become one of his disciples. Okay? And so what the, what the rabbi would do is he would take them off and he would literally give them an oral examination. He would question them about the law and different scriptures and all of this stuff. And he, what, but what he was looking for was not only what they knew, that was the lowest level. Does this person know what I know? They, they were looking for, they had to know it, but obviously they graduated through this. They, they were excelling. But what the rabbi was really looking for was can they do what I do? And if, if this young man that this rabbi was grilling if he would look at him and just go, wow, okay, I really believe that this young man can do what I do, he would say this to the young man. He would say, come and follow me. See, if you don't understand that, you have no idea the magnitude when Jesus walked up to Peter, when he walked up to James and John and said, come, follow me. What he was saying they had never heard this because they were sent home. They were in their father's business. I don't know how many levels they made it through or didn't make it through, but they were sent home. They didn't make the cut, so they were in their father's business. And now there's this rabbi that is looking at them and saying, I believe that you can do what I do. 
That's why Peter asked the question. Because he knew. I mean, Peter just, he would step out before he would think. Right? And he knew, he's like, hey, if Jesus is walking on the water, he believes I could walk on the water. So in reality, this story is a lot about how God believes in you. Boy, know that today. Do you realize he chose you for this time? He placed you right here in Omaha, Nebraska at this time, right, right in the midst of viruses and vaccine mandates and all kinds of stuff going on in the world, 100,000 Christians every month being martyred in the world, but yet hundreds of thousands of people coming to Christ in the midst of it. And he placed you here. I wonder what's inside of you because the enemy will start working on every person, even when they're a little kid, to try to dumb them down so that they never find out who God is because he knows when they find out who he is and how good he is, our identity is found as we get to know him. As we peer into him, we know who we are. In other words, our identity comes solely from him. That's why Jesus said, listen guys, the works that I do, greater works shall you do because I'm going to the Father. He said, listen, if you say I'm your Lord, you should walk the way I walk. Right? So that's why we teach the Word of God, to equip you. And the Word of God will bring revelation knowledge of not only who He is, but who you are in Him. Amen? So we got to get out of this well, this is what I think the Bible says. I don't care what anybody thinks the Bible says. I care what the Bible says, right? And the Holy Spirit of God is the teacher. He's here today. He's the teacher. He's the anointed one, right? He's going to bring the anointing. He's going to cause the Word of God to open up in our hearts. But his ability to do that is hindered if we don't have ears to hear. So ears to hear is... I'm coming to the Word of God with an attitude, a heart attitude that I reverence, honor, and respect the Word above everything else in my life, and I have a willingness to do whatever it says. Lord, whatever you tell me to do, I'm going to do. Not my will, but your will. Does that make sense? So that's what we're going to do today. So let's go, 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5, foundational scripture, this is Paul writing to a young pastor, his son in the faith, Timothy, and he says this, when I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in you. That word unfeigned means the genuine, the real, and the true faith that is in you. Paul is saying, gosh, when I call to remembrance the real faith, the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I am persuaded that in thee also, a genuine faith. The New Living Translation says it this way, I remember your genuine faith, for you share the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I know that same faith continues strong 
in you. That's what we want. We want the faith of God to continue strong in us. Amen? Because that's how we... See, the way this works is God provided everything by His grace. We didn't... See, the grace of God is God doing for you and I what we could never do for ourselves. While we were dead in our trespasses and sins, Christ came and took our place and died for us. He was made to bear our sin. He bore our sickness and disease and pain. He bore our poverty and lack so that we would be made the very righteousness of Almighty God and be able to walk free in all of that. Right? I walk free in this world. I have been given... I have been given a new life. I have been born again, made the very righteousness of Almighty God. I've been given a measure of the faith of God. That's how it started out. And now I could take that measure and I could grow my faith as I get in the Word of God because faith comes by hearing God's Word. So this is how I walk. So it says in a New Living Translation, I remember your genuine faith, for you share the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I love this. And I know that same faith continues strong in you. And then we jump over to another letter that Paul wrote under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, and it fills another blank in here. It says in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, in verse 5, it brings out a real truth of how we walk this out. 2 Corinthians 13, 5 says this. So now what do I do? I examine myself. It says examine yourselves whether you be in the faith. Prove your own selves. And then it goes on, know ye not your own selves how that Jesus Christ is in you except you be reprobates. The New Living Translation really brings clarity to this scripture and even especially the last half of it the new living translation says examine yourselves to see if your faith is genuine boy if you're believing god for something and it's not happening you're not it's not manifesting that that answer that's so clear that god's given it to you is not manifesting don't get mad at god don't think he's withholding because he doesn't He's not withholding your healing. How could he? He already provided it and gave it to you 2,000 years ago before you were ever born. He's not withholding your finances because he's already, Jesus was made poor so that you might be made rich. That, that word rich means a full and overflowing supply financially. He provided for you on the cross. It's already yours. Basically, you use your faith, which is really his faith, it comes from hearing his words, to lay hold of what he's already given you by his grace. You can't believe God for something he hasn't given you. Right? This is a huge thing. It says, examine yourself to see if your faith is genuine. Test yourselves. Notice in this first half of this verse, it talks about you testing yourself, you examining yourself. It says absolutely nothing about you testing or examining anyone else. Right? Again, we work out our own salvation. 
Many think that, oh, you know, I just know what this person needs to do. Listen, you're on dangerous ground. Forget what they need to be doing. What are you doing? Right? And it goes on to say, in this scripture, it says, test yourself. Surely you know that Jesus Christ is among you. If not, you failed the test of genuine faith. So now let's jump foundation. So we, we need to know if we're really in the faith and how we do that is as we walk by faith, we're constantly examining ourselves and testing ourselves. How, how, what does that look like? Have you ever been believing God for something and all of a sudden thoughts are hitting you that this is not working out? You're seeing things on the outside that make you think it's going backwards. You know, and all this stuff. And, and have you ever, it starts to, and it'll start speeding up. It, and this is why what you need to do is realize that wait, time out, I'm the one who's in control. The world system is never to control me. Satan has no authority to control me. He's always going to try to drive me, though. The Lord's always going to lead me. But, the Holy, but, the, but Satan will always try to drive me. Things will get going really fast, and that's when you need to just stop and go, wait a minute. Because all of a sudden, these thoughts start hitting you. You know, this is not getting better. My pain is growing. This, this, this didn't work out the way that it was supposed to. And that's where you need to stop and go, wait, time out. The word of God says, right? Jesus himself bore my sickness and carried my pain. He sent his word and healed me. He redeemed me from the curse of the law, which includes all sickness and disease, right? The benefits is he's provided healing for me. So, so I believe that. I am completely, I believe that, and so Father, I just thank you, and I declare, when you start doing I declare that I'm healed. You'll sense a peace that will come over you. The confusion will leave. Spirit of fear, you gotta go. Body, you have to change. Sickness, you have to leave. You know it, and I know it. I've been given delegated authority in the name of Jesus, Luke 10, 19, over all the, the power of the enemy, right? That's the ability of Satan himself to tread on serpents and scorpions, to literally have absolute mastery over all of the satanic hierarchy, and nothing shall by any means hurt me. You start quoting those scriptures. What are you doing? You're believing in your heart, and you're speaking out of your mouth. That's, you're examining yourself, and it's always an oral examination. You will be tested on this material today. But here's the good news. I'm such a great teacher, right? It's open book, and the real teacher is on the inside of you who knows all the answers, but it's an oral examination. It's not enough to just go read it and go, yep, I know that. Right? No, no, it's an oral examination, and I'm telling you, when you believe in your heart and speak out of your mouth, powerful things start happening. You can change everything in your life to line up with the word of God. God wants that. He's already provided it. Now all you got to do is lay hold of it. And that's why we teach these things. Amen? So simple, but you got to keep hearing it. You got to keep it before your eyes because we have an enemy, right? Because we have to renew our mind to it we got to keep our flesh under. 
So let's jump over to Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1 and verse 16. You guys doing okay this morning? I know I'm having fun. I hope you are too, so praise God. Romans 1, 16. Isn't it exciting that Christ is being formed in all of us? Verse 16 of chapter 1 of Romans. For I, Paul writing by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, the good news of the anointed one and his anointing. For it, the gospel of Christ, is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. The Greek would be every other person on the planet but Jews. For therein, therein where? In the gospel of Christ is the righteousness of God revealed. You want to know about righteousness? You have to get it from the gospel of Christ. How is it revealed? It's revealed from faith to faith. It's revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. So in other words, as you walk believing the gospel of Christ in your heart, speaking it out of your mouth, as you walk doing that, you will encounter things in the world that will try to stop that. And, and what will happen is you stay in faith and you see that, that, that wall fall down. You see that giant taken out, right? You see, and it's from faith to faith. The righteousness of Almighty God is revealed from faith to faith. I teach about a 40-hour class on the subject of righteousness. I don't know how many hours it would be now because that was... Gosh, that was back in the 90s. If I, were to, if I were to teach in a Bible school now, it would probably be double that. Why? Because I've grown in it. How did I grow? Well, yeah, I read books. Yeah, if, if a book comes out on righteousness, there's not a lot of them. If somebody teaches that I, that I follow, then I, I might glean some nuggets. But how I really grow in it is from faith to faith. I learn it experientially. God does not want you to walk in victory in theory. He wants you to walk in victory, experiences, experiencing his victory. He wants you to experience his love, his healing power, his restorative power in your life and in your family, right? He wants you to experience it. And this is how it's revealed. Why do many Christians do not know that they're righteous? Because it's not being revealed. Because they're looking in their feelings they're looking in their emotions. They're walking by sight and not by faith. Many are trying to walk in the blessings of God financially without sowing. That'd be like a farmer trying to get a harvest without planting anything. Yeah, but pastor, I just, I can't sow because I wouldn't have enough. Well, then God is unjust to tell you that. And he's not unjust. So I can tell you, for everyone in that situation, the Holy Spirit knows how to put you in a position to where you're honoring the Word of God so that God could start harvesting into you. He'll teach you. you now, and here's, here's, here's where we go wrong. He might teach you because you might have to sell your car 
and take the bus for a while. Oh, well, I can't, I just can't do that. Okay, well, now we know your problem, pride. Well, you might have to get a second job for a season. Am I telling you to sell things and get a job? No, 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 I'm not your Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's the Holy Spirit. All I could tell you is, in the word of God, the seed for your next harvest is in your house. You already have it. And the Holy Spirit will show you. And what happens is if you'll obey him, then you'll walk by faith. And this is how you walk by faith. You meditate in the word of God, he reveals something about himself, and then you progress. And then you're meditating in the word of God, he reveals something else about himself, and then you progress. If there's no revelation, if you're, not, if you're not gaining revelation of who he is, you're not walking by faith, you're walking by sight. Don't beat yourself up for it. Remember, there's no guilt, there's no shame, there's no condemnation to all of us who are in Christ because all of that was placed on him, but we get it right. And, and as we're walking, it will be revealed to us, wow, in righteousness, I'm immovable. No weapon that's formed against me as a righteous child of God will prosper. No tongue that rises up against me. So now, literally, I don't have to worry about people. I don't have to worry about anything in the world system. No, in righteousness, I'm far from oppression. Right? And, 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 and far from terror because I'll never fear. That's revealed from faith to faith. Does that make sense? That's genuine faith. Genuine faith. So let's keep going. Let's jump back now to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Hallelujah. You guys got to help me. It's been 25 minutes that I've been, or almost 26 minutes I've been talking to you. I'm only on page two. That's not good. No, it's good, isn't it? It's good. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. So now this is one of the greatest and clearest definitions of faith. It's not the only one, but it's a great piece. But it says this, now faith is. In other words, faith is always now. I believe I receive my healing now. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Now faith is the substance. This Greek word means the realization. Now faith is the realization of things hoped for. Well, what is the Greek word Bible hope? It means a joyous, confident expectation. It's not like the English word hope, which means I hope it happens. I really hope I get promoted, but that means I might get promoted or I might not. Right? But Bible hope's not like that. Bible hope is, it's a joyous, confident expectation. If God said it, then I can expect it. In other words, now faith is the substance, is the realization of things that I'm expecting. God said he would meet all my needs according to his riches and glory. So now I'm expecting it. Faith is the realization of that which I'm expecting. It goes on to say, it is the evidence. This Greek word evidence means proof. 
It is the proof that I have what I cannot see of things not seen. In the Greek language, it would, it, you could translate it of things that are not perceived by my senses. Faith is the realization of the things that I'm expecting. My faith is the very proof that I have what I can't see, what I can't hear, what I can't feel, what I can't touch, what I can't taste. That I already have it. Do you see that faith is not just this, well, you know, I, yeah, I believe this. No, it's not. <clears throat> faith is not of the mind. It's of the heart. Faith only comes one way, by hearing the word of God. And that's why you have to hear it with a willingness to do it. Not one of us would have ever gotten saved had we not acted on what we heard. Right? But we, we chose, we're like, wow, God loves me. Right? I mean, I was four and a half years old. But I just knew that Jesus was real. And I, and I made him the Lord of my life. Didn't even know what that meant. But the Holy Spirit has walked me through that all these years. Have I ever messed up? Well, of course not. I'm a pastor. <laughs> Most pastors have written the book on messing up, okay? That's, you know, because God, God uses the foolish things to confound the wise, right? <laughs> it's all good. It's not how you start this race, man. It's how you finish it. I love it. The Amplified Version, I love what it says here. It says, now faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed. If you had the title deed to your car, would you let anybody just come and repossess it? Right? If you had the title deed to your house, would you still send a payment to a bank? Oh my gosh, you'd be like, are you kidding me? Could you imagine a bank collector calls you and says, hey, we didn't get the payment this month. Do you know you wouldn't be stressed about that call? You wouldn't be listening on your answering machine thinking, yeah, I'm not getting that. No, you'd pick it up. Whoa, whoa, time out. I have the title deed to this house. I don't owe you a penny. I already own the house. It's mine, right? That's exactly the way it is with every blessing of God. Why are we so strong if somebody comes up to you and says, you know, how do you know you're really saved, right? You're like, oh man, I know I'm saved. You have no, you just, it's just clear. Nobody could talk you out of that. But why is it so easy to talk people out of that God heals or that God provides? Because we have about 300 years of nonsense being preached from pulpits, that, you know, you just never know what God's going to do. His ways are higher than our ways. And God, you know, in his sovereignty, he might let you suffer with this sickness because he has a different purpose for your life. And they will go on and on and say all this stuff that makes sense to the carnal mind. But what you never hear in those sermons is a Bible chapter and verse. Because it's not in there. Well, you just never know what God's going to do. His ways are higher than our ways. Is that in the Bible? It's in the Bible that his ways are higher than our ways. So that's a partial truth. But read one more verse and it says, but he reveals his ways by his spirit. So isn't that what Satan always does? Right? 
Let me just give you 90% of the word, but 10% poison. If you had a bottle of water that had 99% water and 1% arsenic, guess what? We would be doing a funeral service, or if the spirit of faith came upon us, we may have to raise you from the dead, right? And the first thing we tell you is, don't ever do that again, right? So faith and hope are not the same thing. Faith is for things that you cannot see and for things that are not yet, okay? If you already have it, if, I, if I'm believing God for $100, guess what? I'm no longer in faith when I have the $100. Faith is for things not yet. It's, the, it's my proof that I have what I can't see right now. Right? Like right now, we own all the money to pay this building off, to pay off the HVAC system that we're doing. We already own that money. God has literally, before Faith Family Church was ever birthed, went before us and provided all of it. And now, how do, what do we do? We possess that with our faith. I take possession with my faith. But I'm taking possession of what I already know I own because I have the title deed. I have the title deed before I ever see it. See, you know, you go buy a car. And you'll sit in a room, let's say you pay cash for a car, and, you, and you, they, you fill all the paperwork out, and you leave there, guess what? What, what happens if you, know, you go and it's like, okay, I ordered this car, and it's coming in in two weeks. Are you going to be stressed after you sign that, after, after that money has already been paid? See, Everything God's given you has already been paid for 2,000 years ago before you ever showed up. It's already been paid for. He signed for it for you, right? But if you went and bought a car and did that, you could, you'd leave there. Would you be at dinner? Would you go out to eat? And just, I'd be like, you know, Jeanette, I wonder. I wonder if I'm going to get that car. No, you wouldn't do that. What, what would you do if two weeks went by and there was no car. Hey, where is my car? We're doing the same thing with healing, aren't we? Hey, wait a minute. I've been redeemed from the curse of the law. Jesus bore this sickness and carried this pain. I am not putting up with it. Satan, you leave in Jesus' name. I have the title deed. I own it. I'm not moving, and I know you have to move. Now, you're an outlaw. Right? What if you went down, you know, Sly Joe's used cars, right? And, and you bought this car and all of a sudden it's not showing up. And you're calling Sly Joe and, you know, the phone's been disconnected, right? What are you going to do? You're going to take it to a court of law, to a judge. Make Joe give you that car because you paid for it, right? You're a Christian, now you're not going to come after him for damages or anything like that. But you're going to make him give you that car. In the same way, we do the same thing. Right? Don't we? Father, the righteous judge of all the earth, it is written. And, and so, 
Body, you have to change. Satan, you have to leave. Romans chapter 10, verse 6. We're talking about genuine faith. It says this, but the righteousness which is of faith speaks on this wise, or it speaks this way. It says, say not in your heart, who shall ascend into heaven that is to bring Christ down from above? See, believing in Jesus means you don't ever have to look for him to come down from above to do something for you. You don't have to come down here, Jesus, and bear my sickness again. You already did it. Right? And this is where people, we'll just take a little side journey here. This is where many miss in relation to receiving their healing. People are looking for God to heal them. And it makes sense to your mind because your body's sick and it needs to be healed. So, Jesus, come heal my body. But that... That's not how it works. Jesus already healed your body. Now in your mind you're going, that makes no sense. Until, of course, you take the word of God and renew your mind. Because the word of God is the only thing that will bring healing, wholeness, and soundness to your mind so that you see things not as they seem in the world, but as they really are. Right? Romans 10, 7. Or who shall descend into the deep? That is to bring, Christ, uh, bring up Christ again from the dead. Then in verse 8 it says, But what does the righteousness which is of faith say? It says this, The word is near me. It always says the word is near me. In other words, the righteousness which is of faith walks around saying it is written, it is written, it is written, it is written all the time. Right? Why? Because the word is near me. The, out of the abundance of my heart, I speak. The word is near me, even it's in my... What, what does it mean, the word's near me? It's in my mouth, and it's in my heart. I know the word of God is near me, because I'm believing it in my heart to the point where I'm speaking it out of my mouth. Could you imagine high school students learning this when they're getting ready to take their ACT, their SAT, and they start to walk around. They get scriptures about how God says he'll bring everything to their remembrance. He'll make them the head and not the tail. And all of a sudden, they start studying real hard, but they also keep speaking I will get, all of a sudden, a number comes up in their spirit. And they might be not the greatest student, but all of a sudden, they're like, wait a minute, I'm going to get a 32 on my ACT, and I'm going to get my college paid for. I wonder what would happen if they started walking around saying that. Right? They had scripture to, to found that on. God wants you to be above only and not beneath. I mean, we could put this in every aspect of life. But what does it say? The word is near me. It's in my mouth and it's in my heart. The word of faith which we preach. See, why am I able to preach this? Because man, is it in my heart 
and it never stops coming out of my mouth. Right? Sometimes when I'm even asleep, it's still leaking out. That's how come sometimes my wife, you know, I wake up and there's a pillow between us. Because she, she's, I, I'm half Sicilian. Even when I'm sleeping, I'm preaching. And she doesn't want to be hit by one of these things, right? That's the way the word has to be in your life. I get so excited about the word of God. I have absolutely no fear about preaching the same thing every week for 100 years. Because every week it would excite me more. Because the word is so fresh. If it's not fresh, then it's not near you. Right? Verse 9. It's giving us an example now. That if you'll confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. In the Greek language it's, it would read like this. If you will confess with your mouth, Jesus, you are my Lord. And this is the heart attitude of that statement. I'm inviting your influence now into my life, and I'm willing to commit my whole life to you. If you'll confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, but wait, where does that originate? You can't confess that that way unless you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. See, you're not going to believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead without a revelation knowledge of knowing that, wow, he died for me my sin was placed on him my i was all of my sin was once and for all condemned in his body on that tree so now i walk in newness of life isn't that amazing and it says this you shall not maybe you shall be saved you believe in your heart you confess with your mouth and you will get the result that's the way everything works Everything works that way. Healing, provision, restoration. Do you know God will come into your life and fix every mess you've ever created in your life? Every one of them. Is that fair? Do you know it actually is because of what Jesus did for us? Do you know we're not worthy in our own self? But he made us worthy by what he did. So don't let the enemy steal from you anymore. And if he stole from you your whole life, know this. In the book of Proverbs, chapter 11, at the end of that chapter, I think it's verse 30, 30 or 31, it says, the righteous will be recompensed in the earth. Well, you're the righteous. That word recompense means you'll be repaid while you're in the earth. Romans 10.10 it's starting to explain why. When I believe in my heart and confess with my mouth why I'm saved. It says, for with the heart, man believes unto righteousness, but with the mouth, confession is made, and I love this, unto salvation. That word salvation means, you could say it this way, confession is made unto healing. Confession is made unto provision and prosperity. Confession is made unto wholeness. Spirit, soul, and body. So now jump over to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I feel like today the Spirit of God is just throwing out treasures, pieces, maybe that you've heard before. Now I want to encourage you to study these things. To, you know, to come to church hungry. 
2 Corinthians 4.13. Do you know, we talk about hearing, I said this to the men, do you know many times the Lord won't talk to you about something that he really wants to talk to you about, but he won't talk to you about it because you're not, he knows you won't do it. He knows where you're at, and he knows you're in a position of pride, you're in a position of hurt or whatever, or, or whatever it is, and he won't talk to you about it. Do you know there's many people that are believing God for ministry positions and to go forward in ministry, and they wait decade after decade after decade after decade, and they never walk in it? And, and the reason why? It's not because God didn't call them, and all that they're feeling on the inside of them is, the, is, is God, but he can't talk to them be, until he gets them in a position where he gets some things into them so that they would be receptive. He does that out of his mercy. Because when God speaks something to you, you're accountable for it. And he doesn't, he's not going to make you accountable for something he knows you're not going to do. And many people, though, will say, wait a minute, no, no, in all their pride, they'll say, no, I'm ready. And they'll jump, and they'll do like I did many times, man, they'll kick the door down, and they'll go, and they'll do stuff, and all of a sudden, they're not ready. And five years later, it all falls apart because they were not ready. And they were not, they had too many blind spots. And when the gifts inside of them started producing some stuff, they maybe couldn't handle it. I mean, have we seen this in the body of Christ? Man, when you hear of a pastor falling morally or, or just, you know, whatever, pray for that person. Because nothing changed. The call of God is there. Everything is there. They probably just got started wrong. And this is why I want to encourage you, and we live in a church that so many of us are, are here, and so many of us that aren't here just desire to be here, and that's 99% of it, is I, I am willing to do whatever. I live my life willing to do whatever. My comfort in my flesh is not my number one concern. My number one desire is to please him. And when you live like that, he can get a lot over to you. I know a lot of people don't talk about that, but it's absolutely true. You know, when I had a college and career ministry, I'd have young ladies and young men that just had a strong desire to be married. I'm thinking of a couple guys just really wanted to be married, believing God for their wife. Right? And all God wants to talk to them about is, dude, you need to stop surfing five times a week and get out of living in your parents' basement, go get a job, make money, put yourself in a position so that, when, so that I could bring the woman into your life. But I don't want to hear about that, I just want to believe God. See, whatever your situation is, this is why you examine yourself, you test yourself, because you want to be in a position where God could help you prepare for what he has for you. Because this is, this is how you progress from different phases of life and ministry. It's all through faithfulness, right? Well, I'll tell you, that was worth coming today. Amen. So I'll just say Selah and move on, because I've got some cool stuff here i got to get out. Otherwise, my wife's going to have to deal with that all afternoon. Praise God, right? Which she loves the word, but wow. We having, look at this, 2 Corinthians 4.13. 
2 Corinthians 4.13. Man, I shared with the men uh, a little bit about this uh, Saturday, talking about the spirit of faith. See, as I said to them, the principles of faith can be taught. And we're teaching some principles. But the spirit of faith has to be caught. It has to be imparted. It's imparted by the Holy Spirit. In our services, if you'll notice, I, there's way more than you could just grab hold of. And, and all you note takers are like, will you slow down? Because you say something and I get half of it and then you move on and I'm like, oh. But I don't feel sorry for you because here's the deal. This will be online. There's an off button. You could listen and go, bam, stop it and write it down. Start it and then stop it again if you really are hungry. Right? So let's look at this. We having the same spirit of faith According as it is written, and now he's going to quote Psalm 116, verse 10. I believed, and therefore have I spoken. We believe, and therefore speak. In other words, to operate in the spirit of faith, you believe and you speak. You're not operating in the, in the spirit of faith if you believe and don't speak. You have to, it, it, it'd be like having a gun, it would do you no good until you release the bullet, right? Could you imagine going hunting? You go out and buy this really expensive gun, and you come back home, and you're like, man, it, I just had a great time. I got four deer in my sights. And it's like, your wife would be going, so you went out, it's 20 below zero, you're in snow, which this, none of this makes any sense to me, to kill Bambi, right? You know, I'm just like, wow. But, but you, don't, you don't shoot. That's what a lot of people are doing. They're believing God for something, and they sit there. They sit there listening to Carrie Job and trying to get a feeling so, I'm, so I have what I'm believing God for. When all of the time it's not like that. You're like, no, I believe that I received my healing. I'm healed. I'm not going to take anything less. Satan, you let go of my body. You get out of my life. This is, what, this is the spirit of faith. Right? That's the spirit of faith. This is the way it works. It doesn't just fall on you. You grab hold of it. Realizing that there's an enemy out there, he has no power to pull it out of your hand. He's got to try to get you to let it go. Well, I guess that didn't work. But boy, if you'll keep believing and speaking, you'll never let it go. I believed and therefore I've spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. So the spirit of faith, it's imparted. And this is the thing, it's not enough to just have the principles. You could be some wimpy Christian with just the principles. But the spirit of faith, you become a terminator. You're terminating everything in your life that's not of God. You already know God provided it. You know he wants it. You know when you speak his word, he'll perform it. And you're not going to give up. You're not going to shut up. You're not going to put up with anything of the enemy anymore. 
You can't have my kids. You can't have my marriage. You can't have my future. You can't have my body. Amen. Right? You can't have my finances. But here's the big thing. The, to catch or for the spirit of faith to be imparted, you do that by associating with people that have the spirit of faith. Amen. That's why you have to be careful you get planted in a church where God wants you planted, and if they don't teach the word and allow the Holy Spirit to move, God's not going to plant you in that church. Yeah, but there's so many cool people there. Great. You could go right off the cliff with all of them. you got to hear the word. Right? You have, your close circle of friends need to be people that have the spirit of faith that they're tenacious, they're believing the word, and they're speaking the word. That's my close circle. Because see, here I leave that, and I always go into the world, and I'm witnessing to people. I'm around people that don't know the Lord all the time. Or I'm around Christians that are not walking in it all the time. Do you know God's love and desire? There are so many people that know the Lord, but are not walking in anything. They've been hurt in churches. They're offended by everybody. Things have happened in their life. The enemy's stealing from them. Sometimes they think it's God. And we need to come into their life with the spirit of faith so that they can catch that from us. Not telling them what to do, not testing them, not examining them, not beating them up with the Bible, right? No, loving them, encouraging them, right? Talking about what, talking about the from faith to faith part. Listen, I was in your situation. This is what God did for me. And man, I'm telling you, if he did it for me, he'll do it for you, right? And I'll help you. Have you ever walked with somebody like that and then all of a sudden they're gone, and then they feel guilty because you've spent time with them and now they're just off and they messed up again. Right? I remember a guy in my college and career group. I knew if he was not there on Friday, I knew we were hanging out at restaurants until they closed and then we hang out a little bit. And about 12, 1 o'clock in the morning, I'm going to several bars. I knew which ones to go to in Southern California. And usually by the third or fourth bar, I would find him. And he'd see me, and he'd start tearing up, right? And the first few times, I'm so sorry. Tony, I'm so sorry I let you down. And I'm like, listen, get that out of your vocabulary, right? God doesn't deal with that. He's like, you mess up. Seven, you mess up 490 times doing the same thing in one day. He's still forgiving. He's still loving. And that's the way we're to be. Amen. So what if it wasted a little of your time? Was it wasted? No. How many of you have ever, it's, that it's taken 5 or 10 or 20 years or 30 years to actually finally get it right? Aren't you glad that God never just decided, you know what, I'm through? Nope. And I'm telling you, that's the way God is. He loves you. He will help you lay hold. Yeah, but pastor, I've been believing God to lay hold of my healing for years. Okay, don't stop believing. Make some adjustments. Get excited because his word is true. Get to know who he is. Forget about all that other stuff. So you catch it 
by associating with others. Notice it said, we having the same spirit of faith. We, not I. We're in the word of faith circles. The word of faith circles got off into this thing of I, my faith. Man, we had God moving powerfully in the 80s, in the 90s, and then we got so into my faith. I got that car with my faith. That makes me want to throw up. Right? You know, that's just ridiculous. And, and you walk into these powerful word of faith churches and nobody talks to you. They just all sit there with their leather-bound notebooks taking notes. And that pastor better have the next nugget because I live in Tulsa and I will leave this church and go down the street to another dynamic preacher because this is Christian Disneyland. And if I don't like that ride, I'm going to get on this ride. <laughs> right? And here's the deal. I'll stop meddling and I'll, keep, I'll get back to it. <laughs> when you catch the spirit of faith, you will know it because you will speak. If you're not speaking, you haven't caught it. Right? Don't let that, don't let that ignite some of your flesh and go, I dare him say that to me. No, 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 no. If you know, if you've caught it, you'll speak. Speaking God's word, it brings his presence and his power right into the middle of every situation that you face. We speak out of what we believe, and this is what brings his victory into our lives. Let me say that again. We speak out of what we believe from his word, and this is what brings his victory into every area of our lives. Every time. So if you're a sound guy here today, your speaker has to be connected to your believer. That's very important, right? The spirit of faith, it works by believing the word of God in your heart and speaking it out of your mouth. That is genuine faith. And operating in the spirit of faith, it will transfer. I said this to the guys Jesus said this to me years ago. It will transform your thinking. It'll renew your mind. It'll transform your reactions as well as your actions to everything that comes into your life. When you walk in the spirit of faith, believing and speaking, your mind's getting renewed. Now you will be doing right actions or behavior. And when something, something hits you, that's contrary, your reaction will be correctly, correct automatically. If you get hit with something and your mouth is speaking death, realize, wait a minute, I'm not going to beat myself up for that. I'm not also going to just try in my own strength to be better next time. No, I'm going to build myself up in the word so that it just flows out of me. Right? The spirit of faith is unlimited unlimited Jesus said this when he was on the earth in Mark 9:23 if you can believe all things are possible to him who believes the spirit of faith is unlimited now we've got to we've got to say this in the right context because if there's any self-centeredness in you, you will think, I just said, if you have the spirit of faith, then you're unlimited. 
And what that is, that's you're jumping right back into a works mentality where you have to make it happen. No, no, what, this is what unlimited means. Unlimited means it takes all the limits off God. And now it's taken all the limits off his ability and off his goodness. You've now positioned yourself where all the doors are open for him to work and do whatever his will is in your life. Which means that you walk, you walk unlimited. See, we don't, we don't preach positive thinking here. The Bible the world has taken it, and you know there's books, The Power of Positive Thinking. No, 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 we go way beyond that. We, we preach unlimited thinking. See, positive thinking, if your boat's going down, you'll just feel good, but your boat's still going down. <laughs> That's no fun, right? It sounds stupid when you know the word. But unlimited thinking means... Man, I'm full of joy, I'm full of peace. The boat is going down and I'm going, there's no way this boat can go down. And then the power and presence of God keeps the boat from going down. That's what we're talking about. That means I'm diagnosed with something that the world says I have to die and I smile and go, thank you, but no. I will not die, but I will live and declare the works of the Lord. Right? This is the word of God. This is Philippians 4.13. This is where this comes out of. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So the spirit of faith. Here's the definition. I told the men Saturday, it's been so long now. I don't know if the Lord told this to me. It's so powerful that I think I either heard it from somebody, heard it in a tape, read it in a book. I don't even remember. But I'm just going to say it, it just... God spoke it to me because he did. Whether through a book, whether through a tape, whether through another pastor, nothing's new, who cares, right? But this is the definition. The spirit of faith is the life-changing, faith-speaking, devil-defeating spirit of power that compels you to act on the word of God and never give up, never shut up, or never put up with anything that is not of God. That's the spirit of faith. Now for all you note takers, I'll say that again. I could feel it. Slow down. <laughs> the yeah <laughs> that's right the spirit of faith is the life changing faith speaking devil defeating spirit of power <laughs> was that your part oh that's the part I missed spirit of power that compels you to act on God's word and never give up. Never, my wife's down here going, hold on, hold on. 
never shut up or never put up with anything that is not of God. It just, this, this is not, this is not, this is not something you conjure up. This is produced by hearing the word of God. By hearing it and just going, man, I'm willing. God, it's your word, I'll do it. I put it first place. I'm going to meditate in your word day and night. When I'm not, when, when I'm not able to, to actually look at the word of God, it's coming out of my mouth. I carry note cards. I have stuff on my phone. I get in my car and you turn it on and there's a teaching tape. I'm listening to this all the time. Why? Because your words are life to me. You realize that this is a love letter to you. This is God. 800,000 words of God speaking to you. I love that. Hallelujah.